Okay, so yesterday I was driving to go and take my Auntie Sylvia out for lunch. And while I was driving, God gave me a picture that when I speak today, and the picture was of a liquid, gold, like a liquid golden arrow. And as I spoke, those arrows went out into every single person sat here today, and it did something in your heart. So please don't sit back and just think, oh, it's another message. I know that I know that what I've got to share with you today is from the heart of God, and it's going to penetrate and pierce your, pierce your heart. We never want to sit here and not be changed by God. Okay, and for the listeners um, online, I felt to say to you, for those of you that tap into this three days from now, a week from now, we have a saying in Africa, I love it, and it says, you're never late, when you arrive, you're on time, and when you watch this a week from now, even a year from now, this word is come at the right time for you, and it will penetrate your heart. Okay, so about five weeks ago, um, I'm going to do a lance now and keep walking. About five weeks ago, I got a text from the lovely Phil Duffin asking if I would preach today. My first reaction was, I can't possibly do that, that's Lance's job. Um, So I text back and said yes immediately, because I thought if I didn't, it's not going to happen. So I screenshot it, stuck it on on the family group chat, and everyone comes back, what? you. What? And I was like, yes, me. So I was like, cheers, guys, for the vote of confidence. Um, But anyway, that night, Lance and I are talking, and Lance says to me, what are you good at? Are you a good storyteller? Are you a good preacher? And I'm like, "Ah." I don't don't know, Lance. I don't know what I'm good at. Um, He goes, I know. You're good at nagging. True story. Yeah. I like to call it perseverance, but we'll just leave it there. So, every day when I drive to work for the last two years, I've listened to a podcast by the most amazing man called uh, Marty Solomon. And I can quite honestly say that his teachings have absolutely transformed my life. Um, He's a Jewish rabbi, and he takes you on a journey through the Bible from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. But what he does that is so unique is he unpacks it from a Jewish perspective. So, so much of what we do when we read the Bible, we miss it because we don't understand that Jesus was actually talking to a Jewish audience, and so we miss all the treasures that are in the Bible. So I started at Genesis. I'm in Matthew, and that's taken two years. So I'm currently going through the book of Matthew, verse by verse. But I can quite honestly say I've been saved for 23 years. I have learned more about the heart of God, how much God loves us. And I can quite honestly say that I feel like I've fallen in love with God again. And on that reflection, I have to look at my life and think, am I walking in a way that shows that I have the presence of God in my life? So a lot of what I'm going to share today is a result of listening to Marty. Um, So did you know that when Jesus spoke in parables, um, you might have thought, like I did, that actually when Jesus did teach in parables, it was so that the everyday person could understand it. So that's what I thought my whole life, but actually no. 
when Jesus spoke in parables, it was, there, was a, there was a certain mechanics to understanding the parables. So at work, we, I work with the lovely Helen Riggs, and I love my job. And when the little kiddies go to eat their yogurt, it's carnage. Okay, so they're about 14, 15 months old, and they get their spoon, and they want to be self-feeders. And they get their spoon, and as they bring it towards them, it tips, and the yogurt, being gloopy, goes straight down the middle of them. Then the best one is they get their spoon, and they feed their ear. And we still don't make it to the mouth. Then it gets better, wait for it. They then put their hand in the yogurt, okay, and... They miss their mouth and smear themselves. Okay, now when I first started working there, oh my gosh, everything in me wanted to take that spoon, mop up that face and feed them. But if I do that, I'm doing that child such a disservice because actually that child needs to go through that process to learn the hand-eye coordination and get the skills of where your mouth is in relation to your body. And that's the same process when we look at the parables There's a mechanic to understanding them. There's hidden treasure right down. And Jesus taught in parables because he didn't want everybody to understand it. Get your head around that because it challenges our thinking. The parables were designed so that we would dig, we would work, we would try and figure out what Jesus was saying. So let me just check where I am on my notes. Right, we're doing well, people. Okay, so... Oh, yeah, my message, I forgot to tell you. It's called Searching for Treasure, (laughs) just in case you were wondering. Right, so four mechanics to understanding the parable. So the first first one is called Peshot. Okay, so this is, if you read the scripture, for instance, the parable, it's the first thing that you can glean from the text without too much thought. Now, It's important to say that this level is still amazing. You can still have amazing revelation from God at this level. Yeah, okay, Um, and there is nothing wrong with this level. Okay, so your next one is called remez. Now, don't all switch off, okay, just because I'm saying all these, like, big words that you might not have heard before. It's like when I go to, like, share my pearls of wisdom with the kids, and they're like, oh, are you done yet? (laughs) Track with me, because I promise you this is going to transform your life if you apply these principles. Okay, so your next one is called remez. This is where it starts to get interesting. Because remez in the Hebrew means hint. So what the rabbis did in that day, or Jesus, they hit, they, somewhere in the parable, there will be a hint to an Old Testament scripture. Now, we might think, oof, but you have to understand, when Jesus was talking to his audience, they would have started to learn the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, from when they were five. So now when Jesus is talking to them, and Jesus hides these hidden, or rabbi of Jesus' day, and they have got these hidden texts within the story, they would be going, it would be like a filing cabinet, they'd be going, I've heard that somewhere before, and they would be able to track it because they have the word of God in their heart, We completely miss it because, to be honest, how many of us really know the Old Testament? Okay, so Ramez, just remember that one because it's super-duper exciting. Then you've got Drosh, okay? Now, Drosh, this is the deeper message that the rabbi is trying to get you to find within the parable. Now, it's important to say 
that Drosh and Ramez are meant to be critiqued, discussed, evaluated in a group context. Okay? And in Jesus' day, this would have been called a hoverer. Anybody want to do a hoverer with me? Looking for ladies? Get into the Word of God. A um, little bit passionate about this. So, um, so what you need to think is Jesus would drop a bombshell of a parable, and then you would get the disciples going along going, do you think he was meaning that out of the book of Exodus? And then like you'd get Peter going, no, definitely not. I reckon that relates to Deuteronomy, where it says this and this. And they would have understood the scripture because they've got it in their hearts. They would have known the, the context, so the chapter that came before the verse that Jesus has dropped and afterwards. So they, so they would just be like discussing. And it's important to say that there can be more than one remezes in a parable and there can be more than one drosh. Okay, there can be multiples. All right, and I want you to look at these things as a house. All right, one is not more important than another. So as you walk into a house, you might look out the lounge window, and that might be your Peshat. You can look out the dining room window, and that might be your Amez. You can look out the bedroom window, and that could be your Drosh. Okay, so they all, one is not better than another, each of them, in their equal standing, have revelation from God. The fourth one is called sowed. This can't be taught. This one is a revelation given by God. So today I've chosen... So, <laughs> so I chose today to do the parable of the lost son. I've called it the lost son because... I, so obviously I've heard Marty unpack this in various parables. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I've had to stop on my way to work and just pull the car over and go, that was just mind-blowing. I never, ever saw that in the scripture. So I wanted to take a parable that I was familiar with, but I hadn't heard Marty do the teaching on, because I wanted to work through this process myself and work it out in my heart and see how it actually plays out. So I've chosen the story of the lost son. Now, the reason I've called it the lost son is because in the original, con in the original translation, it was called the lost son. And it's important to know that it sits in the context of three parables. So you've got the lost sheep, you've got the lost coin, and then you've got the lost son. There is another mind-blowing, arching teaching on that, but I'm going to spare you from that today. I'm going to stick to the point, not do a lance and divert off. <laughs> so I'm going to ask um, the lovely Kim to come and read my scripture for me. For those of you online, it should be showing as well, so you can follow it. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, and he set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. 
I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against you, against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called to one of the servants and asked him, what is going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, now look, after all these years, I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found. Right, okay, so are you ready to unpack using these Jewish principles? Don't sound too excited. Are we ready? Yes, because my mind has been blown because I have read The Prodigal Son for years and I have never seen this until I saw these mechanics in place. So, right, so we've got the first level, Peshot. So what is the... Actually, I'm not even going to spend any time on Peshot because that's the surface level. Lance, a couple of months ago, did a teaching on The Prodigal Son. He nailed Peshot. It was vibrant. He... So... I'm not even going <laughs> to... So you can all go and watch him on YouTube, and he nailed Peshot, all right? I want to get to where it really gets interesting, the remez. So off the bat, I found two remezes, two hints to the Old Testament within this parable. So the first one is between Jacob and Esau. So in the prodigal, I'm looking at the screen because I think something should be happening. Yes, yeah, so are you, able to, are you able to do the one from the prodigal son first, out the, where the father said the son ran to him? Yes, well done, thank you. Right, so it says, um, but he answered to his father before he did it. No, go back. Oh, yes. Okay. I didn't actually print it out because I thought it would be on the screen. <laughs> no, go back. Let's go back. Okay, we'll just stick with this one. So it says, but Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. 
his threw, he threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. So do you remember when we had, we had that exact um, scripture shows up in the prodigal son where they talk about the reunion, where the son comes back? So that's the first remez that shows up. It's between Jacob and Esau out of, Gen- out of Genesis. Then the second remez out of here is um, in the parable you've got where the father puts the ring, the robe, and the sandals on him. That exact scripture, you probably are all, your brains are ticking. I bet you know where it is. Okay, that turns up also in Genesis and is here. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger, put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. Do you not think that's awesome? Has anybody ever seen that before? No, my mind was blown. I was like, unbelievable. I mean, okay, so I work with kids. We have a puppet theater, all right? Now, Helen said to me, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, Kerry, and you've always got to have a problem, and the problem gets solved. So off I go. That's my quick, my quick lesson from Helen. So off I go into the, into the puppet theater. It's not easy to make up a story. I'm like floundering in front of six three-year-olds trying to come up with something really creative, you know? So I have a really newfound respect when I understood this to like weave it all in. Um, so even though I had these remezes, I still doubted myself. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to email Marty. I've listened to him for two years now, so I feel like I know the guy. <laughs> um, so I email him and say, you know what, I'm, I've listened to your teaching on this thing, and I'm really just trying to work it out in my heart, and I like printed it all out, sent it off to him. Boom, I get an automated response. I'm like, ooh. Uh, so it takes me straight to a video on YouTube. I was like, this has got to be serious. It's not even a message. It's straight to YouTube. And uh, it's a video of him saying, we're really sorry, but we have such a high number of emails. It is beyond the ministry's capabilities now to reply to each one. And I look, and there's like 3 million hits. I was like, oh, maybe I'm not going to get a response. But three days later, I did. Marty emailed me. I have a rabbi in America. Um, And Marty said I'd nailed it. So guys, you're in safe hands today with this. So now we know what the remez is, we need to look at what the drosh is. What is the hidden meaning or the deeper message that Jesus is trying to unpack for us? And we've got the backdrop of Jacob and Esau, and we've got the backdrop of Joseph and, and Pharaoh. So this is what I call my Mary moment. Okay, so in Luke 2.19, it says, But Mary treasured all these things in her heart, and she pondered on them. And this is where I got to ponder. I was like, Jesus, I can't be doing it for too long, because I've got to preach in three weeks. But I'm pondering, and I'm wrestling. I'm like, God, what are you trying to show me here? We've got a backdrop of Jacob and Esau. The last time Esau saw his brother Jacob, he said, I'm going to murder you. And with that, Jacob goes off to live with his uncle Laban. And then he comes back, and we read here in the scripture that when they met, they embraced, they kissed. That's a very different story from what Jacob, the last time they met. And they did this embrace. And when you look at that embrace in the Jewish culture, that embrace signifies forgiveness. So we've got Esau forgiving Jacob, devoid 
of all vengeance. That's quite powerful, isn't it? You then have got the story of Joseph um, with the signet ring and the sandals on his feet. Now, he's been sold into slavery. I mean, that's pretty wicked. You know, his brothers, like, tossed him out there. Yet, when Joseph is reunited with his brothers, again, we have this beautiful picture where Joseph is devoid of all vengeance, even to the point where he says, I forgive you because I know this was part of God's plan to save the family. I mean, that's just like extravagant. I mean, that got me right there. And when I look at that, I have to appropriate it to my life. And is my life measuring up to this? So still pondering on this in my whole Mary moment, I woke up and the Lord said to me, go look at the Lord's Prayer. I was like, ooh, okay. Now, you may also be like me. I have had my whole prayer foundation has been built on this prayer for my 23 years of loving Jesus. And I thought when the disciples said, teach us how to pray, and Jesus drops this bombshell of the Lord's Prayer, I was like, wow, that's something completely new, absolutely radical, mind-blowing. That's what I thought all these years. No. Jesus quotes straight back at them a prayer that they knew off by heart. They could have said it in their sleep. It's called the Amidah prayer. So at noon in Jerusalem, they would all go down to the Temple Mount. They would gather in groups of 10, and they would say this Amidah prayer. So there was nothing new. There's a whole teaching there as well, which was just like, blows my mind, but we're not going there today. I'm staying on point. So, but when Jesus says this, he adds one line. Now, because they know this prayer inside out, when Jesus comes in with this one line, oof, it would have got them right in their hearts. Now, are you all thinking, what is that line? Have you worked it out? Okay. So the line that Jesus added was, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Now, Jesus at this point introduced a brand new concept. Up until this point, God can forgive me and God can forgive you. But this, between us, forgiving each other, that was scandalous. So scandalous that the Amidah prayer is still prayed today in Jerusalem, 2,000 years later after Jesus. And do you know that line has still not been put into the Amidah prayer? Revolutionary. So then I was back to my Mary. So I'm like, okay, we've got this new light, this new concept that Jesus added. So could Jesus be using the remez of Jacob and Esau and Joseph to illustrate this point further about what forgiveness looks like? Jesus' audience, they would have been really familiar with that story. They would have known the whole line of it. So last year... I was going through on a dog walk in Kings Park. Lance and I are really blessed to live at Kings Park. Brilliant place for walking the dog. And I was walking past the cemetery, and God said to me, next year, at the end of July, what's the date today? 31st of July. I want you to preach, and you're going to preach on Israel. I was like, yes, God, I'm going to Israel. <laughs> true, st- true story. So I go home, and I say to Lance, God has said, I'm off to Israel. He goes, 
but God's not said that to me. I went, oh no, quite clearly on a dog walk I heard it. So um, we have also at work, lots of analogies with work, uh, we have single channeled attention. So this is when a child is engrossed in play and you call them and they just don't hear anything and you need to get down on their level. So I had classic single channeled attention. Lance is going, you know what, Kerry? I'm not hearing God speak this to me. I'm like, no, God's spoken it to me. So I opened up a bank account to save for my trip to Israel. Okay. I emailed the organization to say, hi, I'm little old Kerry from the UK. Can I please join your trip to Israel? Um, Obviously, the trip to Israel was with this uh, Marty Solomon. Uh, He said, yes, that's absolutely fine. You can join the trip. Just contact the travel agent. So I did. Contacted Maria and said, uh, can I come on the Israel trip? She's absolutely, so now we're looking at flights to Tel Aviv, um, because now I can't, it's not viable for me to fly to America, join the group, and then fly back to Tel Aviv. So now we've got to try and get the logistics that I meet them in Tel Aviv, but according to Laura at the moment, because it's COVID, I had to land within one hour of the American group. That I am soldiering on, to the point where Lance went, stop you're not going to Israel. You did. (laughs) You did. But it's okay. I know I will go to Israel. My timing was a bit off. Um, So I just sulked for five days. I had a proper five-year-old tantrum, and I sulked. I actually don't think I spoke to Lance. I was that upset for five days. I was devastated. I think maybe more because of pride, I have to be honest, because I told everyone I'm off to Israel, and now I had to tell everybody I had to do some backtracking, and actually I'm not off to Israel, so it's a bit of mud on my face. But when preparing this message today, I felt God said to me, look at the text. I was like, oh, look at the text, look at the text. Now, when God told Jacob to return to his homeland. So Jacob has been living with his uncle in a far-off country. So Jacob hears from God. God says, I want you to go back to your homeland. So he makes a journey back. But of course, he doesn't know how he's going to be received by Esau. So there's a beautiful bit in the scripture where it says, Jacob sent all his family across the brook, sent all his wife, the herds, the cattle, sent everybody. And he stayed in, in the camp that night on his own. And he wrestled with God that night. And um, whether it was because he was full of fear, he's now actually going to confront Esau. And now his messengers have told him Esau's coming with not just 100, but 400 men to meet him. So he's not sure if this is going to go the way he's hoping Or he might be wrestling in himself because actually at that point, all his baggage and trickery and deceitfulness has landed in that moment and he's confronted with all the choices that he's made in his life. But whatever it is, he has a wrestle that night. And the angel in the morning says to him, you have wrestled with God and with man and I change your name to Israel. Boom, there's my Israel. So I didn't miss it. (laughs) I was just slightly off. Um, So my question today is, what what are you wrestling with God? And don't give up on that wrestle. I wasn't going to show this video, um, because obviously when I was preparing this message, I was like, oh, this is what I feel God's saying. And then I went off on a whole complete journey. And then Lance said to me, normally the things that you think of first are what God wants to share. 
So then I came back to this, and um, I was watching it this week in my bedroom, and Lance phones me, and now I am sobbing. And Lance is like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Now he's in fight mode. He's, gonna, he's there to, I'm going to, who's ever upset you? And I'm just sobbing because God has just broken my heart. So um, I'm going to play the video, and there's nowhere for me to sit. Oh, can I sit next to you? It was some time ago that I was in Berlin, and there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man that was one of the most cruel aufseers in concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian, I have found the Lord Jesus, I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world, also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done, but then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom, will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5, 5. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment, I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. that I know that I know that today God is putting his thumbprint on forgiveness devoid of all vengeance and putting his thumbprint if you're in a wrestle with him right now don't give up and I say this because you think oh you know what Kerry your life's okay you're at the front saying these things but yesterday my heart was broken into a thousand pieces. So when I say this message today, I'm saying it to myself because I've got to work through these things. I've not at any point arrived. And when, I, when my heart was broken yesterday, I was like, God, I don't even know how I'm going to pick these pieces up and put them back together because it seems so black. I don't know how it's going to work out, but you know how it's going to work out. 
And we sang that song about being a waymaker, miracle, light in the darkness. And I know that that situation that I'm facing right now, God's going to come through. But I need to do the work in my heart.